You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hi, my name is Jared Cunningham. I'm worship leader for Citrus Church. And I'm Brian Johnson, pastor of Citrus Church. We've been doing a lot over the last couple of weeks, and we want to do a quick review before we jump into some new stuff. So I think over the last few weeks, we've finished the Way to Heaven series. Mm-hmm. We've also had our first anniversary, and we had a big birthday party. Happy birthday to us. As well as having Bishop Carter join us in worship. That's right. So we've had a lot going on. So I think first things first, let's back up a bit, and we'll start with the Way to Heaven series. Brian, I'll let you summarize that. Thanks, Jared. Yeah. So we did a sermon series called The Way to Heaven. And what I loved about that was uh, we were really digging into what it means for us uh, as a church, as part of the United Methodist Church, and as part of that kind of faith stream uh, to think about that. And, you know, some people would sometimes say, like, why can't you just read the Bible and go from there? Why do you have to worry about interpretation or what this person said or what that person said? And I think that sounds good. Uh, But, you know, as soon as we read the Bible, and as soon as we start to make a decision about what a passage means or what we think it means, we're, we're interpreting it. We're doing theology. Um, and, and I've certainly found that to pretend like we have all the answers today in this modern age can kind of put us in trouble. Uh, so as the United Methodist Church, we, we kind of lean into John Wesley. He wasn't perfect, but he gave a great understanding of faith. And and what I loved about that series is it kind of gives like an overview of life. Like we talked about how faith is active before we even know what we're doing for we really have anything to kind of offer, like when we're babies. Uh, We talked about the faith that saves us and then the faith, uh, like in a football game, that carries us through all four quarters of life. And then we we started to kind of dive into what heaven looks like. Um, So for me, that was just a fun series to help us understand a little bit more about who we are as a church and who we are as followers of Jesus. I mean, I, I talked about it for five weeks. What'd you think? You talked about it for five weeks and I planned music for it for five weeks. So I think we're pretty sim- in pretty similar boats. That's true. But like you said, I feel what it what that series and what I got out of it was that it outlines God's intentions, intentions. And like you kind of said when we were planning things out, everyone usually starts with Adam and Eve, but mm-hmm. no one really goes back that extra two chapters and starts with where everything was perfect and how God's intention is to actually make everything that way again. So I felt like with that series we kind of cover what we cover what God's intentions were. And then we move into how God was with us before we even had any concept of who he was. Then once we accept and we start believing who he is, we move into this concept of how he's trying to transform us and what he's trying to do in our life. So that was a different kind of interpretation for me that I've never thought about. So I got a lot out of it. And okay. probably one of the biggest encouragements I got from it was uh, the book that the series is based off. There is a quote that I used in worship. It basically says there's highs and lows in our lives. And all we can do is keep going. God's there. Our grace, he's provided grace for us. So all we can do is keep moving forward and try our best as we live our Christian lives. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what was one of your favorite songs that we did from that series? Ooh, one of our, put you on the spot. Was there one that like you felt like really connected or spoke to it? Maybe an old one or a new one. I think when we, I think you are my vision. Mm. Well, be thou my vision, depending on, you know, what part of the world you're from, (laughs) but it kind of stinks we only did it the one time, but I feel like that one really captures what we were kind of going for. Yeah. We're moving through grace. We have God's grace before we even have any idea of who he is. And once we accept that, our goal is just to live the best as we can in God's eyes and do as we can. So I felt like You Are My Vision was one of those that really kind of encompassed all of that. Yeah. And I was surprised as it was like our first time doing it. And it was probably like the most I've heard people sing along. Yeah. So wasn't that neat? Like that's one of my favorite parts uh, is, is to kind of like when we're singing, I'm always on the front row. You're obviously always up front. 
I love to like stop singing and like turn my head a little bit to the side because I can get a sense of like how much people are engaged with the song or how much they know it. And it's always surprising, no matter how many in our church are kind of new to church or coming back after a long time being away, it's always the old stuff that they connect with the most. Um, and you can really hear people sing out, which I think is cool. Roughly around July, what I stopped doing, I stopped kind of harping on, you know, people to sing because we're in a movie theater. It's like the next best thing to being in a actual recording studio because <laughs> it deadens sound so much. So you can not only hear yourself singing, but you can hear the person next to you. And that can be uncomfortable at times. So what I used to look for was just mouths moving because that was kind of good enough for me because no one wants to hear themselves sing, let alone the person next to them. But I've been like really kind of surprised since we did that series like I can actually hear people singing along now. So I don't know if it's that stuff's we've done it enough to where it's more recognizable. Yeah. Or yeah. we're maybe I'm just choosing good songs. I don't know. I think it's the first one though. <laughs> I think we've done them enough to where they're recognizable. We'll add the second one in too. There's no there's no harm in that. Uh if you say so. <laughs> Sounds good. So where are we going next? Next we're moving into we had our one year anniversary mm-hmm. of having normal ser- regular services from <laughs> Sunday to Sunday, as well as our birthday party. So with that, I remember we talked about the heart of citrus. Yeah. So yeah. if you can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, that was that was exciting for me because it was it, it was as close as we could get to like a a state of the church. Um, you know, for me it was just fun to reflect back on where we've come from. And the hardest part for me with that sermon was I had so much that I wanted to include, and mostly what I wanted to do was just to say to people. Let me tell you this story about something that happened to us, something that we were struggling with or a th- challenge that we had, and let me tell you how God provided for Citrus. Um, and I just had so many stories about, like, you know, we were praying for this, and we didn't know where it was going to come from, and then God did it. it. But then I realized, like, that's like two and a half hours of a sermon, and uh, that was probably more than was necessary. But to me, the story of Citrus is a story of God's faithfulness. Um, and it reminds me that we are part of something much bigger than us or this church in this area. We're part of God's kingdom. So that was pretty exciting. But, or maybe and, the most exciting part of the day for me was after worship when we got a chance to go outside and we got a chance to just kind of like hang out. So the challenge of being a portable church is like we're always putting things away and setting things up and we're always on a deadline. And so getting outside with bounce houses and food, all of a sudden everything just slowed down and I saw people just talking and engaging and having fun. And that is something we don't get to do very often. And I just loved watching it happen. It was just so fun to see. And one of my, I guess that was also my favorite part is just having that time to gather as a church and have that opportunity to fellowship. Because normally kind of 11.30 hits in my mind immediately goes to packing up, which it still went to packing up. But after that, I was able to kind of fellowship and meet some new people. And I think one of the standouts for me was we've moved forward quite a bit, especially, you know, I came in as our audio engineer. And as I still say, I got promoted to a worship, <laughs> le- worship leader. Uh-huh. That's right. And I was looking back. Our one year anniversary was September 15th, a couple of weeks ago. And looking back in 2018, I think our first service was what, September 9th or September 16th, somewhere around there? September 16th, I think. So roughly right on my one-year anniversary with being at church as well. I've loved being able to watch our church grow and be a part of things and help us move forward a bit, best I can. So I think moving forward, we've also had Bishop Ken Carter join us in worship. Yeah, yeah, we did. 
So that's like the boss of your boss's boss. Yeah, that's like the boss of the bosses. Yeah. 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 Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so that makes him like my boss's 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 boss. Mm-hmm. The or boss maybe one of my boss. boss. I don't know. My boss. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. I was excited. I invited him. Uh, several months back because I wanted him, I wanted to um, help our congregation understand what it means to be a part of the United Methodist church. We're not just one church in a community that's independent. We're part of a larger group of believers and that helps us to do more in the world. And so I thought having the Bishop come would be just a great chance to do that. Uh, But I love the message that he shared. If you weren't there, he talked about the good Samaritan. Of course you were there, Jared. Uh, But he talked about the good Samaritan story and how it's very easy for us the Good Samaritan being uh, someone who who was kind of overlooked. It's easy for us to cast ourselves as the one who stops to help the person who's fallen in the ditch. Uh, And especially as religious people, we like to be the one who helps. Uh, But he shared how honestly we tend to be the ones who pass by. I don't think that most of us are the robbers uh, who, who incite violence, but I think most of us could probably resonate with the priest who just ignores them. And for me, it just... It was a reminder, it's not out of malicious feelings, but mostly just out of apathy. And I honestly, a lot of times, just feel like I'm too busy to stop and help. Like, I've just got too much going on in my life to help, to stop. Like, And so it was just a great reminder of who is my neighbor, uh, because I like to choose my neighbors. But the measure of a neighbor, in Jesus' mind, was the one who showed mercy. And uh, I love the bishop's story about how, in a scenario that he was in, he found himself not on the side of the one who stopped to help, but as the one who received mercy from an unexpected source. So just, I appreciate the bishop because he reminds us that just because we're inside the church doesn't mean we have it all together. And we need to pay more attention to those who are outside the church and to be those who show mercy. Um, so that, that, that was really meaningful to me. And it was just kind of nice to sit there and, and listen to a sermon and be part of uh, that side of our worship service. You just enjoyed having your day off. I did. A partial day off. I did. I still set up and, te- and tore down. So I helped out some. A little bit. Little a little bit. bit. A little bit. Just no a little much. bit. I don't know if people know this. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but from Ooh. week to week, when we normally plan our worship service, I don't really know what the sermon's about. I have oh. an idea of what it's about. But like, at the time I choose music, we can at least say the sermon's not like 100% read it. That's right. Like 98. Yeah. Or 80. 80-ish. 80-ish. Yeah, the way I write sermons, like I don't, um, I wish I could just kind of write them four weeks in advance. But for me, there's a process of actually writing it, studying it, and living it that week that makes me feel like when I walk into worship and offer the sermon, it's not me talking about God. It's me talking about what it really looks like to do this and what it's looked like for me over the last week. I feel like it makes it more authentic. That probably makes it harder to play music. Not 100%, (laughs) but... As I said in our first Citrus Church Refreshed podcast, when I kind of choose music for a week, I always go with something I really just feel like playing that week. And I knew for some odd reason I wanted to do Glorious Day, but I didn't know like how it would mesh with whatever the bishop was talking about. Uh But when I got the title, The Church is the Healing Community, and I read the verse, The Good Samaritan, my mind, for whatever reason, went to not so much us maybe being like the passers-by, but more so as being the man actually on the side of the road. Hmm. Like so, the one in the ditch. Like the one in the ditch. So my, my, my thinking kind of resonated with we were the ones kind of on the side of the road, and Jesus is that good Samaritan who came and helped us. So likewise, we should be that helping community for others. Hmm. So that's, that's why I kind of went with songs like Glorious Day, 
where that line, I was breathing but not alive, or Hosanna, I see the king of glory, Hosanna, because let's face it, if you're down in a ditch and, you know, someone's coming toward you to help you, Hosanna being a word that means, like, praise or joy, I would say Hosanna. Yeah. Maybe not in our, like, modern language, but yeah, I'd say Hosanna. Yeah. And then with Great Are You, Lord, the third song we did, it has the opening line of you give life and you are love. Mm-hmm. So I felt like those were what resonated with me, and that's how I kind of went with those. And ending the worship set, we did, uh, we introduced Everything Glorious, uh-huh. and we also did All Creatures of Our God and King. I felt like we just needed to end on a positive, encouraging note. Yeah. That and I just really, really wanted to do those songs. Yeah. And you chose them. So <laughs> <laughs> you chose them. So figured we figured I should listen to my boss. And my boss's boss. And the boss's boss's yeah. boss. Or someone's boss. What if the boss's boss listens to this? Somebody's in trouble. I don't Potential. know. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of had those two weeks there where we did some different stuff. And now we are moving on to our next sermon series. Uh, which I'm excited about, but had a hard time with because I'm trying to put a lot into a four-week sermon series, which is probably a smaller uh, size than we usually do. So coming up this week starts the greatest hits of the Old Testament. Uh, And I was playing around with graphics and we came up with this like retro theme. So if you've seen it, uh, or maybe if you haven't, what it is, we've got like a 70s background with the colors, some, some like browns and oranges, and we've got like a tape, like a cassette tape. And it's the greatest hits of that. So uh, Jared, I, I had to know, like, what media did you grow up listening to music on? Growing up, it was mostly, mostly it was the radio. Okay. So mostly yeah. for the radio. And I think every now and then, like, I could get my hands on a cassette. Uh-huh. And after that came CDs. So, like, that was, those were, like, the three of my childhood. Okay. So we went from radio to cassettes that I can, like, rewind and play that one song over and over again. Yeah. To CDs where I didn't have to, like, wait to rewind. I just hit a button. So... That was, those are, those were my old days. What about you? Same, uh, rate it. My favorite thing too, was like my boom box that I had and, uh, like making my own mixtape on a cassette tape. <laughs> and like, you had to sit by like the radio station and you had to have like your fingers ready on like the, cause you had to push the play and record button at the same time. And so you had to wait and like for the first note of the song to play on the radio and be like, Oh, that's my jam and hit the buttons like right away. So like my mixtapes, they always start like five seconds into the song and then <laughs> you always forget to stop it. So you got like the commercials on it. Um, but yeah, man, those are the good days. And then, and then when the tape got crazy, do you remember what you had to use to rewind it? Had to, I just jam my pinky in you, it, man. Okay. My hands were small enough at that you point. You didn't use like the pencil technique of like rewinding it? No, nah, man. You <laughs> jam a pinky in there and turn. Yeah. That's how we got it done. That's Yeah. So we did, yeah, we did a lot of like tapes when I was, when I was younger and then CDs came out and I remember when I got my CD player with the 40 second skip protection (laughs) and like I was showing my friends, I was like, I got 40 seconds of skip protection. Like, wow, that's a big deal. So MP3s came on later for me. So, but I, I, I gotta ask you also, so as a musician, are you one of those guys who's like, uh, got the record player and like playing records? I do have a record player. I do like playing records, but it's, okay. I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say I have a favorite uh-huh. way of listening to music because okay. like I, whatever way I can get it. So I have Spotify when I'm running around in the car. Yeah. If I'm trying to like get something done, I'll throw on a CD okay. or throw on a record. And one of my favorite things to do, I think it's on my uh, bio page for our church. Okay. But I like to go out and hunt for records. So what I'll do, I'll like come up with like a certain amount of money that I want to spend like 50, 60 bucks. And I'll see as try to come up with as many records as possible. That's cool. So I don't have a record, but I don't have a record of getting records, (laughs) but I like to go out and buy records. 
Yeah. So I dig that. So, uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. So as you're listening to this and during the series, I think it'd be kind of cool. Like come tell us when you see us and worship Jared and myself, or like during the week, whenever you see us, come tell us like your preferred way of listening to music. Um, I mean, obviously we can all listen like on the radio, but tell us like, what is your favorite way? Like, do you like to sit back with a record MP3s? How'd you grow up with? Just like, give us a feel of what that looked like for you. It'd be kind of cool. So, um, that's kind of what we got there for coming up is the greatest hits of the old Testament. Aside from just talking like music and media, we're going to try to take the old Testament, which can be confusing and, uh, maybe feel like a different God than the new Testament sometimes. And sometimes God seems really angry in the old Testament. And there's some stories there that are just like crazy. Uh, so we're going to try to figure out a way to understand the Old Testament and what it means for us as people who live on this side of God's work in the world. So I'm really excited about it for this Sunday and for the next couple of weeks. All right. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us. If you happen to see us around, feel free to like comment and tell us what you liked about it. Yeah. Or if there's something you like have a question about and you would really like us to explain it, feel free to ask. That'd be great. We could do like a listener segment. Yeah podcast awesome well thanks for listening everybody (laughs) can figure out how to make that work too yeah thanks for listening make sure to visit our website citruschurch.org if you found refreshments in this message share it with a friend and hey god loves you